The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's our AEW Dynamite review. It's Thursday, you know what that means. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty. As always, I'm joined once again. It's a two-man booth again. It's Jay this time. We've rotated out. We've binned Aaron off for, for, for the good of the land. Uh, the, 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 top, the top strike, the good of the land. The top strike is there. back, so we fucking sent Aaron back to the reserves. <laughs> he's, he's been sent back down the resis to... Uh, to play against Accrington Stanley. Um, yeah. You know what he is, though. How's it going, Jay? How are you? I'm all good. Um, yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed this week's AW. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was like a... There was nothing spectacular that happened on it. Um, I saw someone describe it as like really good, like a, like connective tissue. So it was like a. It did a lot of... It, yeah. did, a lot, it did a lot of like the dirty work that had to, they had to do to set up for double or nothing. Like they had to like... Yeah, there was a couple of matches they hadn't properly like put much build to and it was kind of like the it was kind of like interweaving them together wasn't it yeah which was nice so we, we kicked off um and we, we saw um, a little video of christian having a, his match against powerhouse hobbs and it's christian made his entrance um weirdly christian came out first in this in this match which is kind of odd uh, anyway and they showed um basically showed that the team towns have been fucking with both these guys so they, they, they obviously they showed like um hobbs body and christian the other week and then also hobbs beating up mike Sidell. On, was that on Doing dark? actual murder on Mike Seidel. Yeah. So anyway, so the first match we had was the match that sort of got they got announced last week. It was Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel. These are both going to be in the uh, Dynamite Battle Royal, or the Casino Battle yeah. Royal next week, um, next weekend even. And we have Taz on commentary as well, which is a nice another nice little treat. Um, Taz was there in the booth at the start. And yeah, this this was a this is a really good match. I um, it went on a lot longer than I thought, and it was. A lot faster paced than I thought it was, and it was a lot more Matt Seidel than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, also, interestingly enough, it's the first time they've ever faced each other. Really? Wow. They've, I mean, I suppose a lot been, of a lot of like they've been, in, they've um, been involved in multi-man matches, right? Say, was was there much overlap? I mean, I didn't watch WWE during the the Evan Bourne era, but um, yeah, they, they they were on the same they were in the same company for like two or three years. Oh, right, okay. Um, so. Yeah, they, they the last time they shared a ring was 2010 on a house show where they were in a tag match together. Oh, right, okay. Well, so I, I, so I wasn't sure if they were against each other or... 11 years later. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Uh, yeah, so those, those, I mean, there was loads of really cool little bits in this. Um, I particularly liked... Um, my favorite little spot was um, Matt Seidel hitting sort of like a cross between Andrade's like running knees and a Bronco Buster on Christian yeah. in the corner, which I thought was really, that looked really yeah, good. Just asking. No, no, that was that was lovely. Um, 
Yeah, that was great. He, he, Christian blocked a like a standing moonsault, which was really nice. Uh, and I'll, again, the story of the match they they keep this. So Christian's got this. Um, he's got this like almost character like bit on him in in AW, and it's a bit of storyline that he's not still not quite at a hundred percent, and he's, it's almost like he's sort of making his way by on like instinct and like experience. Like he, he, they always yeah. show him as like he's not he's not necessarily quicker. Obviously, he he's never going to outspeed Matt Seidel, but he was like he wasn't quite a hundred percent sharpness still. But he was doing all his little tricks. I mean, if if they did it, if they leaned into it more, it would almost be heel work. Like it was it was just like little things like pulling the hair and getting the knees up, and you know, yeah. just being able to being able to just do these little tricks to outmaneuver Seidel and just I, keep it. I, I like I like the using that though more like leaning more into that he's a wily veteran as opposed to he's a heel. Yeah, he's just he's just doing what he, he knows he needs to do to win the match, um, which is which is great. Um, yeah, it was, it was. I mean, Christian gets the win in the end. Um, he hits the kill switch, but again, it, it comes from a it comes from a Matt Seidel mistake. Yeah, um, and Seidel leaves himself open, and Christian takes advantage. And T- Taz on commentary is really good as well. He puts. I mean, we, we, we we say this all the time. Like Taz is so good at putting guys over on commentary, yeah. even when he's like being a heel to them. And he's saying even, about- even when they're against Team Taz members, like on Dark this week, um, during Powerhouse Hobbs's match. Uh, where powerhouse Hobbs committed an actual murder, um, like the guy got like one bit of offense off, and Taz was like, "Oh, that was a really good move." And Ricky Starks like, "What are you doing?" He's against that guy, <laughs> and Taz was like, "Yeah, but it's a really good move." So he's really good at kind of like even even when he's again, it's like someone who's against Team Taz, he's good at really putting over that guy. Yeah, he he gives like he gives the credit where it's due, which really helps it I, I mean we say this I, 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 I say this all the time right before I do I don't like to draw comparisons but I remember like I remember like the the the, the pits of like heel Michael Cole when he was just burying people and it was just it was making people seem shit and it was horrible and it was so horrible to watch and like this is so much better to, to do it this way um, it, so anyway. it's a really difficult kind of thing to do isn't it like have a heel commentator who's meant to be like hit like burying the talent but at the same time not burying them. Yeah, Jericho was really good at it as well. Yeah, JBL was another one who was really good at it. I think Jericho got a bit too in. He got a bit into his own hype. I think after a few weeks. As soon as yeah, as soon as Jericho saw people loved it on Twitter, he was like made up about it, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna be really over the top this it, time." It got, a, it got a little bit insufferable towards towards the end of his like regular commentating, but it, for the first two or three shows, he had the balance right down, and it was perfect. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, I like I like the fact that obviously, like, even when Christian had kind of locked in the the uh, kill switch, and Taz was like, "Oh no, oh no, come on, side you, you should have seen that coming." And like, he was really, really annoyed that Christian had managed to just out of nowhere hit it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I liked I liked this match a lot. Um, it it was pr- easily Christian's best match he's had since he'd been in AW. Yeah, and I think it's it's so weird. Like Matt Seidel's had a really bizarre AEW career so far. Like obviously he, yeah. came, he came in and achieved the square root of fuck all. And yeah, he had, he, had that, he had that big high profile slip. Obviously, didn't do him any favors in his debut. And then he, he kind of just like floated around for a bit. He's ne- he's not had a proper feud really, or like a really big program. No, he's it, it's weird, isn't it? Because like when he was in when he was in Impact, and he was like the face of the X Division just before he joined AEW and he was like feuding with uh, Brian Cage over the X Division title and having awesome matches and 
it was, and he was doing some really good heel work as well. And then he had a, he was in Ring of Honor for a cup of coffee, and then he showed up in AEW. It was like, okay, this is interesting because he's been doing some really good work, and it was weird when he got released from WWE because he kind of like fell off the radar a bit, and then came like came back into prominence. So when he was signed by AEW last year, I was thinking, okay, this is like a really good signing, and this this has like legs to potentially be like a, a major signing for them and he he has fizzled out and it didn't didn't hurt him falling off the top rope but yeah but every now and again as well he'll have matches like he had the match with Kenny a couple of weeks ago which was amazing and then so I think that's almost that's almost like his his weakness his like to his detriment he's he's almost he's they know he's like one of those guys where you know you can just throw in a match with anyone and he'll yeah. do it. He'll have a decent match. And I, I think like he's almost treated as like that little plug-in, like sort of gap filler. It's like oh, he's like the safe pair of hands, isn't he? Yeah. If no one, if someone needs an opponent just randomly for a match, I'll just give him Sidel. They'll have they'll have like a three and a half star yeah. match, and it'll be fine. So Sidel, he's not getting his own story on because he's just too busy, just getting slotted into everyone else's. Mm. Which is which is probably. I mean, I'm sure he's happy. I'm sure he's not, you know, complaining. He gets Scott and wrestling Dynamite quite because he's, uh, he's he's featured quite heavily over the last like yeah on Dynamite, and he's. He's not getting any younger, is he? He's like almost forty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it's it's so easy to like. Obviously, we, we I, I say again, I say this all the time. We're so we're so conditioned by how things work in WWE that we think if someone's not in a title picture that they're getting buried. And you've got yeah. to remember there are only two singles titles in AEW and one set of tag belts for men, and that's four people. And I, if you're not one of those four people, you're not a champion. I so, I, am, I imagine they're probably going to be adding some more. Well, with, especially, with, especially with, with the news that broke this week. Yeah, which we'll touch on near the end of the show. Um, we'll we'll do a little talk about that at the end. But uh, yeah, with that news that they come out, I think they're probably going to be adding a few more. But at the moment, the, the so obviously there's so, there is such limited scope. There can only really be like a maximum of eight eight to ten people in title feuds at any one time. Yeah, and, you know, it's not, sometimes just going out and having a really good match every other week is probably alright for some people. Like Matt said, I was probably not complaining. As I say, he's he's having a great time. Yeah. Uh, yoga. Speaking of great times, uh, after the match, we have a little bit of face to face, face on face respect. So Christian sort of pulls it up. They have because they, they got quite heated last week on on in the promo, didn't they? And you thought, oh, you know, is this mm. going to turn into like a, a bit of a feud? But no, after the match, they're they're all friends. They hug each other. They hug it out. You well, know, they Christian was quite dismissive, wasn't he? He was almost again. He, he's been showing like shades of grey of heel on this. Yeah, because he was he was like taking the piss out of like Sedell last year, slipping on the top yeah. rope and, and sort of stuff. I like. mean, let's face it, he's he's pretty much a lock to win that casino battle royal, isn't he? Unless the surprise entrant is a big deal. So, I've got I've got the the names of everyone in front of me, so we can kind of figure this one out. So we've got Jungle Boy, the acclaimed, the Private Party, um, Matt Sidell. 10, uh, Uno, Grayson, Colt, and I think that's it. Yeah, that's it from the Dark Order. Uh, Matt Hardy, Pentagon. Is Phoenix there? No, there's no Phoenix. No, I don't see Phoenix, actually. He could be the wildcard. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, the Blade is there, I think. Yeah, but yeah, just fucked his, his hand up, hasn't he? So he's, uh, he's out for a bit. Yeah, and Stu Grayson actually isn't there. I'm lying. Uh, the Varsity Blondes are there, QT Marshall, Nick Comrato, Lee Johnson, Dustin Rhodes, and um, yeah, then there's the wild card. Uh, 
also they've interestingly they've got Paul White as the guest commentator on that match, which yeah. makes me think maybe he's going to be the wild card. Well, yeah, is he going to do a, a Jerry Lawler and just announce himself from the commentary desk? Yeah. Um, or is it Mike Bailey? Finally, who knows? Yeah, could be Mike Bailey. Um, or Andrade. Or Andrade. The other really big free agent knocking about. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was some, looking at like some of the emissions there. I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone within the company. Uh, is Phoenix injured? He could. I, I think he might be. Or he's, he's in Mexico. He's doing something somewhere for somewhere else. Didn't he, didn't he like take a really nasty bump in a match not too long ago? Was it with Orange? Possibly. Was it Orange he wrestled? Those are trends. The only, the, only, the only other name I've seen thrown around, and I would fucking lose my shit if it was, <laughs> and it's not going to happen, is uh, Nick Gage. Oh, it won't happen. It, <laughs> it won't, won't happen. Because <laughs> him, and, him and Mox had like a legitimate fight down a road the other day, didn't they? It, so. That being said, like, there's a couple of New Japan guys showing up. Yeah. Could always... Laredo Kid likes to show up from time to time. Could be Laredo Kid. Um, I'm, I'm, could I'm, be someone I'm, from Impact. I'm hard thinking that it could be... Um, it could be Rich One. Could be Moose. Could be Moose, yeah. Um, Moose's Moose, contract's Moose, up in but, June. Yeah, but Moose has already got a title shot, hasn't he? So he doesn't need another one. Got an impact title shot. Yeah. Um, Maybe you want to get all the belts off. I, 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 I can't see past Paul White, to be fair. I can't because he's fucking massive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't, like, I don't know. Paul White seems to be the logical choice, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone like. So somebody like Andrade or someone who's not necessarily done much. And Andrade has been in talk with AEW in the last couple of weeks. Appar- appar- apparently so, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So I mean, that, it, it's, it's, that it's also. I love, I, love, I love a good battle royal. AEW love a surprise debut in a battle royal. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not. I'm not demanding. I, There's no surprise still, if it's if it's like fucking Phoenix or someone. I'm not going to be asked. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, I still think that um, based based on what we've seen, um, Christine Cage is a lot to win that anyway. Yeah, that's, that can they, sort of... they did that. They did that teaser of him and Kenny, and it's like an easy way to kind of bypass the rankings, isn't it? Because it's a guaranteed title shot. Yeah. So that's that's the way they can get Christine Cage versus Kenny on one of the either the monthly specials, maybe the debut of Rampage, or even all out. Yeah, yeah. So right. So after after the, the the sort of the hug, um, Ricky Starks music hits, um, and he walked out looking fucking fly. I shit. lost my shit when Starks come out because I was because obviously he's got the neck injury. I was thinking. I was thinking. I, I hope he stays on as like a manager for Team Taz, but uh, who knows? Uh, and, his, yeah. his, and his music's so good as well. It's his music's incredible. Yeah. So. I just uh, so lost my shit. He comes out and he's sort of talking shit and like he's obviously basically saying yeah, Team Taz are going to come out and beat the shit out, you know. And as they're waiting, Hook runs in from behind and like grabs um, Sadell's leg and like, takes him down. Hobbs, is it Hobbs? No, it's Cage. I think Cage comes in and attacks. Cage and Hobbs. Don't they, they both? I can't remember. It's both of them. They come in and attack Cage, Christian Cage. Um, so as they're getting beat down, this is my favorite. One of my favorite things of the night. Hangman just wanders out of the of the face tunnel with a drink, just gives Starks the drink, and just walks down the ramp to make the save. Yeah, um, I wasn't too excited for Hangman versus Brian Cage at uh, Double or Nothing until this exchange. Yeah, 
and I was like, okay, these guys could have like a real like like match of the night. Oh yeah, they yeah. They, they definitely held back a lot in the last match to to give us like no when when um when Cage like just threw Hangman out the ring like he was a piece of shit and Hangman like landed and he landed with one hand and he sort of like staggered and then he hit a buckshot went for the buckshot and Cage dodged it and then he went for it again and Cage dodged it. Like yeah, these guys are going to probably have a really special match. Um, yeah, at the so, nothing. So, so this whole exchange ends with Hangman getting like a fucking huge last ride off Cage yeah. in the middle of the ring, um, and just getting laid out. So, so the Rick team Stark stood over sipping Hangman's whiskey, <laughs> sipping Hangman's drink as, as he gets bodied. Um, so yeah, so the team ties stand tall, and yet we're all set to go for football. This builds two match, well, kind of builds two matches for double nothing. So we've got the Cage v Page match. And we've got the, the entrance in the in the battle royal. So yeah, good stuff. Next up, we're on to a match that is pro- probably oh no, say one of one of the matches I was most looking forward to tonight because I love all we the did, involved. We did get that in just just before that as well. We got a varsity but blondes backstage interview. Oh where yeah, and that was and that was a really Pilman, good. Pillman Junior. caught an absolute fire promo. Yeah, Chris was... wasn't Chris wasn't terrible, but. Pillman's was insanely good. Griff like, did what it needed to do. Like mm. it, 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 it hit the box, it ticked the box. But Pillman's was great. Yeah. So we talked about um, obviously he talked about the books bringing up his dad last week and talking about the dark side of the ring, and he said um that it's it actually it, they got it all wrong. It was his dad who taught him not not to want to be a wrestler because of all the you know the shit his dad went through and all that how how it made him live his life. And then he said it wasn't until he saw the young books that he knew, he realised that you could be a good person and be a wrestler at the same time. They were family men, you know, they were good men. And now he's got to AW, he's realised they're pieces of shit, and now he's going to batter them basically. So yeah, yeah. I think Griff Garrison talked about um, being asked to work on merch stand for the books, and how it was like a very huge deal for him, and how he looked up to them. It's basically it was basically the, the, these two. They were basically saying we used to look up to you. You were really good role models, and now you're pieces of shit. So we're going to batter you into your tails. So, yeah. Absolutely, um, yeah. yeah it, good, good promo, and I really like um, Julia Hart with them as well. I think that's a really good addition. Yeah, I get. I thought we've been a Hart and a Pillman. I guess she's not related. But... <laughs> I, I get strong um, Blake Murphy and Alexa Bliss vibes. Mm, yeah, just, just no bad thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then then we get to uh, the match that you, I was really excited for this as well. By the way, so if you haven't seen. Um, the acclaimed put like a little two-minute music video up this week. Yeah, it was on Dark. Yeah, I, I they put it on the Twitter as well, and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. Highlights include Anthony Bowens with a like a cushion up his jam up, up his stomach, pretending to be Eddie Kingston with a bit of a bit of a the belly. Basketball, <laughs> basketball shit, and, like throwing like fake gang signs. <laughs> it's and incredible. Even even does the back fist at one point and hits he, he a goes, metal he goes, bar. He goes for back fist, but the guy ducks and he like hits a hits a like a big. Pole, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, uh, just for the just for the line, you, uh, a shield won't even protect you to Mox, <laughs> and then doing the shield pose with a guy dressed up like Mox. Yeah, Fucking brilliant. Um, so we get a little promo beforehand. My only disappointment so the the Kingston Mox promo was really good. They're basically just talking about like um, they want to know what do you have to throw super kicks to go to a super kick party. I. <laughs> I enjoyed this a lot. The, the proper like they've got proper like buddy cop vibes now, haven't they? Yeah. My only criticism of the promo is that Kingston didn't have anything to say about um Caster's rapping with Kingston being a, a big rap fan. No, that's true. Um however, as soon as 
as soon as they started rapping in the arena, you could see Eddie Kingston was like oh. blaring the lines of like kayfabe and reality. Abs- and absolutely getting... corpsing. <laughs> he, he was get, he was getting ready to start shooting on people. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, yeah, there's a little, two little promos beforehand. The, the Mox at Kingston's really cool. Uh, the Acclaim one as well. I, I really like. I really like. I think Bowens Bowens has got it. Like both both of them have got it. I think Cast is a Cast is a better talker than a wrestler for me. But that's not to say he's a bad wrestler. He's, he's, he's serviceable. He, he's, he gets the job done. You know, he's, he's not bad. Yeah, he reminds me of Cena in a, in the degree, and not just because of the rapping, like because he, he he's got he, he's fa- a fine wrestler. He, he's okay, but God, when he starts talking, he just electrifies the room. Yeah, um, Bowens, he's got he's got both. He's he's a great wrestler. He's a really good talker. Um, uh, right, so we'll, we'll get oh, on we'll get on to the entrance now. Um, if the acclaimed aren't tag champions by like the end of the year, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I, I said, I said, not a little group. I said, just never break them up, please. The, the two no. together, like even like when they're rapping. Like I know Bowens doesn't rap, and he's not, he's not a rapper. But his like Rollins, his, Bowens his, is like an awesome hype guy, though. His, his physical comedy, like his facial expressions yeah. and his like body language, is so good. It really helps sell it. Um, and like when he cuts people off, uh, when he cuts cast off when he's about to say something, like really like beyond the pale. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about the entrance. So um, first of all, Mox and Kings to come out, and we've got um, a new version of Wild Thing this time. So it's not the drugs. It's I think this is the version Anita uses. Yeah, is it Joan Jet or is it X? I've seen two there, two different things floating around. Um, me... It's it's a lot better though because it's a bit quicker. It's a bit more like sort of it's a bit more energetic, which I think suits Mox and Kingston a lot better. It's. I mean, it's great that it's. It's a really cool song, and it's. It's going to absolutely carry it when it's in a full arena and everyone's singing along. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I. I like it. I prefer Mox's old music, from being honest. Um, just because it it it's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's. It's definitely better than the original version. Okay. Last week. So it's 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 X according to Google. Right. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just one of those things, isn't it? Like I I I don't I like that Tony Khan's doing the whole we're gonna we're gonna get this um person with this entrance like licensed entrance music. I always think like there's some there's sometimes been like times in WWE, for example, where it's been like a no brainer for them to license music for someone. Because yeah, they've well, done they've like, used it on the indies or they've used it in another company, i.e. Like, RVD with War by Pantera. Yeah, CM Punk, um, uh, Cult of Personality being the other one. That was yeah. yeah. And they're always really reluctant to do it, and it's sometimes kind of like detrimental to the character. Whereas, especially, especially when they try and make music similar to it. You know, when they're like, Oh, we'll just yeah, we'll just do our own version of it and it and it, you can kind of you know obviously everyone knows like what Yeah, which before. WCW used to do it as well, to be fair. Um they they take like a song that was like popular at the time, like Jericho used to come out to like even flow by Pale Jam missing like a note. <laughs> yeah. And so it wasn't even flow, but you could tell it was definitely even flow. And DDTP come out to set the same thing with um smells like teen spirit. And it's just it's just like one of those things where it's like I I like this. Like I think it when it's done right, it works, but I feel like with Mox it that's the thing like Mox's entrance doesn't do it for me we said this me and Aaron Aaron discussed this last week like Mox's entrance is so high energy like especially when like last week for the um 
something like that a match. Like it was, it felt like huge because they started in the back and you saw them moving through the arena. And like Mox, like the way he fucking like boots the door open and like spikes the water on the floor, and you know, yeah. it's, it's all like proper like high aggression, high energy, and like to have a really lethargic song like he had last week just takes away from it a bit. Like that Mox music is, it, it it's like almost Austin levels of oh fuck here we go when it kicks in. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a really good comparison. And I think that take, having a different song sort of takes it. But having said that, I want to see how this version of Wild Thing plays with a full crowd. And I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the crowd were, and obviously the, the extras were getting into it because they're the extras they meant to. But yeah. the crowd itself as well was singing along. So clearly, it's clearly it's done the right thing. Yeah. Um, so getting on to the acclaims entrance. Um, oh one, thing, one thing I wish that they wouldn't rely on so much is so the first lines are a little bit homophobic mm. and I'm not, not I don't think I'm particularly down with that I don't really like that I think there's there's plenty of stuff to work on without making uh, especially, especially with Bowens being open I was going to say especially <laughs> with Bowens being an openly gay guy like it's a bit <laughs> it's a little bit you know I kind of wish they wouldn't really go there um, yeah. everything, everything else was absolute straight fire um it, it didn't quite match the music video where he claimed he would send Eddie Kingston back to, back to Shikara. Yeah, that which, was excellent. It's fucking popped me. Um, I, made, made reference to Eddie Kingston dressing like it's 04, um, which is yeah. fair play. <laughs> when Mox's face when he dropped the fucking Rene Young line, though, Jesus Did he know Christ. that was coming, do you think? I reckon knowing Mox, he probably... He probably said, just surprise me and I'll react accordingly. So, the, the line, if, if you've not seen it, the line he, main, he mentions, he says that, to Mox that his missus was all up in his mentions trying to fuck him in for some oral sessions and then he sort of like thrusted his crutch, obviously. And, um, and then Bowens was like, the podcast, he means the podcast. Yeah, Bowens just started screaming, they're trying to book us on the podcast. Which, <laughs> to be fair, she's probably going to have them on the podcast sooner or later. Well, she, she, but... tweeted, she tweeted Max Caster after this. And said, um, basically, get a blue, get a blue tick and win some more matches, and then we'll talk in the fall. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so uh, as they get in the ring, Bowens goes to do a promo, and Mox just punches him clean in the face. Yeah, like absolutely rings his bell. <laughs> like, just, just fucking blats him, it, and it was. And it, basically, the first like the first like third of this match is just um, the acclaimed getting their shit kicked in all around the outside of the arena. Yeah, but that being said, they also held their own. Yeah, well, um, I mean, they, they come back into it in a big way, um, like, in, like, in like the middle section. Yeah, they, this match was very, very hard hitting. Yeah, from both from both teams. So, like, that's one thing I really like about the acclaimed is like, if if someone's working like stiff with them, which based on some of the lines they say, if they haven't like run like got them approved by the talent, the talent they're wrestling against. You kind of expect them to get a, a few like potatoes here and there, <laughs> um, but yeah, Castner and Bowens, they're, they're not afraid to get both the shit beat out of themselves, but also beat the shit out of their opponents. Um, yeah, like those dragon screws on Kingston, like off the off the ropes, were fucking yeah. nasty. There was, there was a bit as well where um, Bowens and Kingston were just trading chops, and Bowens was absolutely leathering Kingston with them. Yeah, yeah, you, was a, there was a nice you could see Eddie was like getting a bit of respect for him. Going, <laughs> yes, this guy fucking gets yeah. it. There was a bit near the start where like Moxie was chopping Caster in the corner, and then like, he went for a big one, and Caster like ducked down to protect him, so he just like clubs him over the back, which was uh, yeah. which was really nice. That was that was super cool. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was it, it wasn't a particularly. It, I mean, it was it was actually this match I think went longer than the the Christian and the Zidane match, which I, I this flew yeah. over for me this match absolutely flew. I I really enjoyed this match. I thought the I thought that they had really good chemistry together. I thought I I enjoyed the promo before the match. I, I enjoyed the presentation of it. I enjoyed the fact that Mox and Kingston like absolutely took it to them, but then weren't afraid to kind of take the offense of them of them yeah. as well. And I'm I really glad they give them a lot of time because it it benefited as much as it benefited the acclaim that they got like the time to kind of showcase what they can do. It also benefited Mox and Kingston in the sense that we've not really seen a lot of them as a team. So why should they? Why should we want that? Want to see them as the t- like going after the tight titles if we've barely seen them actually team up? Yeah, I know. I know we've got the whole oh yeah, well the young bucks piece of shit and they turned on Moxley and they. They took the piss out of Kingston. It's like, yeah, that's fair enough. But at the same time, it's like, I it, it's nice to actually see that they're still working the way up the rankings. I mean, but it's surely it's only a matter of time. I know, I know that we've got like the next few lined up, but it's only a matter of time before Moxie gets the title back in AW. You'd think so, yeah. He is easily the most legitimate guy they have. In, in I would, to be honest, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him getting the TNT title. Yeah, make I mean, he, he, make him the first Grand Slam winner in them. He'll have another in, belt. He'll have another belt before the end of the year. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if Mox and Kingston took the belts off the books. Yeah. Um, yeah. It uh, out of out of the matches on Double or Nothing, this one's like one of the hardest for me to call. When I mean, you could you could easily put the belts on them and just give them a, like a short like a like a give give them to the next pay per view and then have someone else like, have FDR take it off again or something. Yeah, like. especially especially when have you seen like Mox said like. Eddie Kingston's role here was meant for Brody. Really? He want he'd, he'd pitched like to do a tag team with Brody. Oh, damn in that would have been awesome. Down the line. Um and obviously sadly Brody passed away, so we got Mox and Kingston instead, which personally I think I would I'd be I mean, more excited for. As consolation prizes go, it's uh, it's not a bad one, is it? I I honestly like I'm as you know, Brody's one of my favourites, but I would rather have seen Mox and Kings because I think they've got that cool dynamic with well, each not, other. Not only that, it also would have meant taking Brody away from the Dark Order, which would have and that too. And like they had something, they had something special with the Dark Order with Brody in charge and they had Mox and Kings and have like a genuine, genuine like sort of bond down be as friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the match ends with um, Bowens is trying to get the boom box. Uh, Caster throws. Oh, yeah. No, B- Bowens, 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 thro- Bowens throws Caster the chain. Oh, yeah, Caster throws Bowens the chain, yeah. Bowens catches it, which was akin to The Rock catching that air nightstick at Survivor Series 98, <laughs> which I popped like a motherfucker for as well. Yeah, so then the ref, um, the ref sort of gets distracted by that, and then Caster comes in with the boombox, but then like Moxie grabs it off him and just clocks him with it anyway. Yeah. And I, I like that in the in a ba- like in a baby face here, like Sometimes it's good when they're not being holier than now and going, oh no, I couldn't possibly use it, especially with Mox and Kings. Yeah, like Mox is like, well, you, you were going to hit me with it, so fucking I'll just hit yeah, you with it. They're instead. no nonsense. They're not fucking around. They're like, yeah, you're, you were about to hit me with this. I'm going to hit you with it. Uh, and <laughs> then they hit the, so they hit Caster, Caster's out, and then Bowens turns around and they hit their finisher on him, which now they called it. They've got two only, which I like. Yeah, they, they well they called this one. Tony Schiavone called it a wheelbarrow assisted paradigm shift. But I, I didn't I didn't see no one to hook on that DDT. No. Um <laughs> it was a it was not. a wheelbarrow DDT basically. 
yeah, I, I think Mox just kind of like hit it and didn't even think about like because he does that when he does a paradigm shift. Sometimes he doesn't. He literally like does it that quick that he barely hooks the arms and then just dumps them. Yeah. Um, and what was the the given name to the other one? Didn't he? Excalibur said there was a name. Was it something something to do with the crown and the king or something like that? Possibly that was the, like the, that was the, the King Kong Larry into a half and half suplex. Yeah, the, 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 the Larry to the suplex, which I actually prefer that to the to this one. Um, I do. I really liked that last week. That was great. Anyway, so they get the win. Um, it was, I mean, it was, it was sort of a squash match in a way, in that like at no point did it look like Kingston and Moxie were going to lose, but at the same time, they gave enough to the acclaimed to make it seem like a like they were still quite a credible threat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think this this did a really good job of kind of showcasing that the acclaimed are like for real for me. Yeah, like, uh, and they've it, had they've had a really I think they've had a really good twelve months in in AEW. Yeah, they've had a lot of like really good matches, but for me, this was kind of like their star making performance in the sense that they they managed to help hold their own with a former world champion and a guy who's continually booked as like one of the toughest bastards in AEW. Yeah, and they. They didn't feel out of place in that match, which is the most important part of it. Like when they were against the Bucks, it was kind of a bit. It almost felt like it was too soon for them to be in that position. Well, the storyline when they when they fought the Bucks, it was because the Bucks were faces, weren't they? And it was like they, they yeah. so they sort of got ahead of themselves. That was sort of the, the the story was that they they wanted to jump right to the front and challenge, and they got shown up for being inexperienced and you know not being on the Bucks level. Yeah. Uh, whereas this was much more a case of all right, they still got beaten and they got beaten quite not handily, but they got beaten quite, quite, quite succinctly. Um, but at the same time, they they seem like they've achieved a lot more <laughs> in the match than yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I I like the claim. I think the, I think they can go, they can go far. Um, I'm I'm really glad that they are. Um, that they're getting good TV time, and if you can, this is no good for the podcast listeners. But if you can see behind me, Jay on their shoulder here, I yeah. have a pair of wireless headphones. These Max Caster was wearing these exact same headphones, but in white. In the nice, um, they are M Power headphones off Amazon. So, Bluetooth headphones. So, are you part of the acclaim now? I, I mean, I think it's. I can't say for certain, but yes. Are you going to be? Was it you dressed as Mox? In that it video? was. It was me dressed as Mox yeah. in that video doing the shield bump. Oh, saw a bit of beard sticking out. <laughs> yeah. So after this, we got a lovely little promo, very brief one. Uh, Alex Marvez was trying to get the scoop on whether Jericho is going to accept the Pinnacle's demands for the uh, Stadium Stampede match. Jericho is just backstage chatting shit with Dean Malenko. And he basically just tells Marvez to piss off and he'll tell them all later when he announces it properly. Um, and then him and Malenko have a little bit of banter about the Man of a Thousand Holds promo that Jericho cut that, years ago. That was really nice when uh, he went, he went, you're going to mess with the Man of a Thousand Holds? And then Malenko goes, oh, you're the Man of a Thousand and Four Holds. And then Jericho's like, yeah, I forgot some. It's like, oh, <laughs> give, him Jer- give him Malenko his little win back. That was really nice. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that, um, was, that, was, that was just a lovely little nostalgia moment for, for people who, yeah. who remember that. Um, wholesome little moment between Jericho and Malenko and also it's very smart they did that because that's something they touched on very heavily on the Austin podcast and so if anyone's seen that on the Austin podcast and then saw this on AEW you can obviously connect the dots and it's a nice little uh, nice little throwback which is cool uh, next up we have our legally mandated Tony Schiavone in-ring interview segment. it isn't well no it's not oh. it's, it's Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky yeah. quite well scary. that being said Tony looked very angry. They were shit talking on Sting. Um, <laughs> and again, Scorpio Sky, you know, he's a heel, but he kind of says correct things. Scorpio Sky's a really good heel that makes good points. 
Yeah, you make some points I, for that. I, I definitely prefer Scorpio as a heel. Yeah, I I don't know what it was as a baby face. Like he just seemed a little bit bland for me. Yeah, he's got he's got character now. He's pissed off. Scorpio's guy is better than like yeah, Scorpio's guy. It was like when SCU were heels, like on being the elite and in Ring of Honor as well. And you had Scorpio cutting like the fire heel promos as soon as he turned face. It was like, this is just a bit shit. Um, Ethan Page as well saying he's going to be the nail in Darby's coffin. Fuck me. I'd need that match so badly. <laughs> I don't I'm... give a shit about Sting and Scorpio being in this match. I just want Page first Darby singles. I'm really scared. <laughs> I, I've I've seen I've seen some of the like wars they went to in Evolve. And um, yeah, I, I need I need that match. I just yeah. need, I need that on a bigger stage. Obviously, referencing like how Scorpio took Sting out, and then the week Sting was out, they threw Darby down the stairs, and then Darby lost his title. Uh, yeah, and then the lights go out. Sting comes in, Darby comes in. Darby's got um, Ethan written on his skateboard, which he then proceeds to batter Ethan Page with. Yeah. Um, Sting puts Scorpio Sky in the Scorpion Death Drop. And Scorpion Deathlock, sorry, Sky taps out. Obviously, it's not a match, it doesn't matter. Uh, as, that, as Darby that... was like leathering Scorpio across the back with the skateboard. Yeah. Then there's a really cool moment, a little, cool, really cool little visual bit where, like, so they, they so Paige and um, Sky get outside the ring and they go, they run up the ramp and they go to run out the tunnel and, like, some of the Dark Order come out. So it's like 10, 5, and Grayson, I think, and Silver. And then, so they go to run out the other tunnel and, like, Uno and, like, um, Alex oh, Rollins, no. and another three. So basically, like a lot of members of the Dark Order go out each tunnel and just sort of block them off, which is great. And it's like, yeah, it, it, obviously, it's just it's just building this like sort of feeling that they've pissed a lot of people off now, and you know, uh, they're going to have to pay the piper at some point, and they're going to get their comeuppance. I, I love it. It kind of like plays off the whole thing that the Dark Order are desperate to be friends with Sting as well. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen any being the Elite over the last few months, there's been like a sort of loose bubbling on the storyline of um, Alex Reynolds and John Silver trying to find Sting so they can ask him to be in the Dark Order. Yeah. It'd be cool if Sting does that to you in the Dark Order. I'd <laughs> be okay you, can't, you can't have two dads in the Dark Order, mate. Colts already there. Well, they've got, they've got Uno and Colts as the dads, haven't they? Um, so, yeah, so if basically Sky and Bay just book it off into the crowd, basically, and just disappear like, up the side yeah. and do a runner. Uh, and it's it, it, it's announced a bit later, but we'll talk. We'll, we'll just mention it briefly here. Um, so this is this sets up the match is going to be uh, double or nothing. We're going to have Sky and Page versus Darby and Sting. And they made a big deal to say this is not going to be a cinematic match. Yes, this will be a this will be a live wrestling match. Sting's first this, live wrestling match in six years. This is going to be Darby Allen getting the shit beaten out of him for a while, and then Sting is going to Scorpion Deathlock Scorpio Sky to win. He's going to Sting a splash someone. And then, oh, you might do a sting this last year. <laughs> Got about yeah, so that's cool. We should probably make this a no DQ match to kind of protect the fat stings. Probably not going to be very good in the ring. Hey, I mean, if, if they're doing it live, they must sting must have like he must be training, he must be like working out or something backstage. They must have like, yeah, I mean, him. when when you when we saw like a match they haven't because he had the actual wrestling match, didn't he, with Ricky Starks in the cinematic one. Yeah. While Darby and Cage were doing all the mental shit outside. So we know Sting's very capable of still doing a lot of stuff. Even even when he was in WWE and he had like the match with Rollins and before like what happened happened and his match with Triple H, like they did a very good job of kind of covering his inadequacies, so to speak. And yeah. 
like he, he knows he obviously knows his capabilities. They do, um, yeah. And, and there were there were two very very good wrestlers and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. So I think, yeah, yeah. So I think I think they'll do it. I, I mean, I, I have confidence that they'll they'll handle this. Um, yeah. In a in a satisfactory manner and, and give us a decent match. Um, obviously, they've had a lot of time to plan it. It'll be heavily heavily planned and you know well put together. But you know, you're talking about Darby Allen, Ethan Page, and Scorpius Guy. They're three guys you can basically run a match by themselves. And Sting's just got to be in the right place at the right time for all the spots, basically. And we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have something I I didn't uh, I didn't even I didn't know I wanted this until I saw it. Um, so this is the pinnacle at a fancy restaurant having a nice meal. This was awesome. Cutting a little promo. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed this. Um, it starts off with Wardlow just necking a bottle of wine. Yeah. Top lad, super stupid, sexy Wardlow. Playing Edward Winehands. Yeah. Um, just necking a bottle of wine, and then the camera sort of um, zooms slowly towards MDF. She starts talking, and he's sort of saying about like how he always gets the last laugh. And as he's doing this, he's got a steak knife in his hand, which just makes him seem more evil. Like people yeah. seem more evil when they're holding steak knives. Um, I think the real kind of like the real star of this for me, like Dax caught an amazing promo. Yeah, so Dax, Dax saying about like how they should be, you know, challenging for the titles and chasing championships, but they're they're sort of like lowering themselves to this like nonsense with the inner circle, and it's just taking up all their energy and all their time, and they're sick of it. Yeah. And Jericho's been making a joke out of the business, and you know all this and that. And then out of nowhere, like fucking the greatest Canadian, the greatest Canadian wrestler of all time, the Canadian ghost. Sean Spears is sat there like brooding and he looks really angry and like almost like he's about to snap. And then when um when Dax and MJF get their wine served to them before him when he's got an empty glass, and also they finish the bottle, he just grabs the waiter and like slams his head against the table and says, I want my drink, it's my turn to drink. It's like and like everyone kind of like even Ward was like Everyone looks a little bit scared, which is kind of yeah. Cool. The building up Sean Spears is like a bit of a psycho now, which is quite cool. Um, and then like one of my favorite bits is um after that the waiter like sort of like drags himself back to his feet and Tully just chucks him like a big bunch of notes to like yeah. pay him off. Like oh yeah, this you cover it, you know, just like fucking sorry, my friend's a psychopath. Here's like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I thought everyone played their part spectacularly in this I really did um, like they, they looked menacing and they, they kind of had to rebuild them a bit here because last week they were doing like the the sort of cartoon pratfalls and stuff in the room yeah and I mean let's face it they're probably going to lose Stadium Stampede well they, unless this inner circle are breaking up they can, unless this is the end of the feud which we played them it's not then they kind of have to yeah. I, I, I feel like this is going to go all the way to All Out and I feel like All Out when they do put the final nail in the in the circle's coffin, so to speak. Because we haven't had any singles matches yet. Like we haven't had, you know. No, and I think it would make set a lot of sense to do like FTR and Proud and Powerful. Um, put some put some tag team title implications in there. You, I would say, I, honestly, I wouldn't mind if the end of this feud was literally on a one pay view. We had like all of the members versus each other in, in separate matches, yeah, yeah. and we had like a Survivor Series style like running scoreline of whoever won the most matches won overall. Even. Even do like a Survivor Series style elimination match. Yeah, then they can call it that something else. You know, can come can come down to can come down to like Jericho and MJF, and then MJF just beats the shit out of Jericho. Yeah, locks him in the walls. Jericho gets up the tap. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Um, but yeah, it's it's so it's just it's, it's just a really good job of like 
putting the threat back into the inner circle after last week. So it made them a little bit cartoony, villainy. Um, yeah. And yeah, they they look fucking scary. So yeah. And uh, we, me and Aaron talked about this quite a, a bit last week, but we don't feel, I mean, I'm sure you probably feel the same. I don't think this year's Stadium Stampede will be anything like last year's in tone. No, I think I think it's still going to be mental. Yeah, but you're not going to get Sammy Guevara getting chased by a horse. You're just going to get a lot of guys bleeding. But, a lot. You're just going to get a lot of guys bleeding a lot, basically. Yeah, I, I think even even to a degree, they might like they might have it. So, well, they probably will have it. So, like the inner circle are going to be more like the sort of not comedy like foils to the pinnacle, but you know, like there was a few comedic bits that were initiated by the elite. Yeah. And I, th- I think, but it's def- it's already going to be totally different because we haven't got we haven't got broken Matt Hardy in there, and that was what kind of made it a bit more wacky and wonderful. Yeah, but I think it's I think the tone is going to be a lot more blood and guts than stadiums. Yeah, I think so. I think there'll be there'll be some like there's obviously going to be a couple of mental bumps in there. There'll be, um, there'll, be there'll be a lot more stiff shots and a lot less like fucking bar fights and horses. And, you yeah, know. oh, there's still going to be a bar fight. You've got FTR in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm really looking forward to it. I I got excited when they they announced it. I got even more excited when it was like, okay, like th- this is this is going to be so so different because yeah, if you but to be fair, if you have like um, if you have FTR and Proud and Powerful in a bar fight, it's going to be less of a Jackie Chan bar fight than more of a Quentin Tarantino bar fight. Yeah, exactly. That that's it. So yeah, I'm, I can't wait. I mean, I loved Stadium Stampede last year. It was one of my favorite matches all year. Um, I'm thinking I'm, I'm prepared to. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love this year's one for completely different reasons. Yeah, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot to top Blood and Guts. I think. Yeah, as long as they hide but the trash by this time, or so they don't ruin wrestling. <laughs> According to the internet. Yeah. Chris Jericho is going to have to absolutely not be able to walk. Long as Chris Jer- as long as Chris Jericho falls thirty feet onto actual concrete, then it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean he can't carry his he can't carry his uh, dogs around because he's got only got one arm. Exactly. I so how do you think Jericho's alright? Because that that Jericho's got a dislocated elbow and the healing time's four to six weeks. So he's not gonna be a hundred percent, but he's definitely gonna be He's he's probably going to be like on the way there. But that sling seems like so over the top that it's going to be something he'll rip off and expose the fact that he's actually a lot better than everyone thinks he is. You know, at some point. Yeah, well, that that's that's what they actually used. Like Eddie Guerrero got it when he debuted for WWE, didn't he? It was like yeah. In his actual WWE debut, he dislocated his elbow, and he had one of them on for ages as well. Um. Yeah, it it, it should be okay. Well. Obviously not 100. Uh, percent right. So we'll just very briefly brush on the next match. We got a we got a basically we got a massive squash match: uh, Hikaru Shida versus Rebel. Um, yeah. Basically, Rebel um, Rebel just gets dominated by Shida. Uh, Shida goes for Lockjaw, funnily enough. Um, yeah, and Brit's absolutely furious about it. Yeah. Um, then Rebel hits Shida with a crutch. And that still doesn't put it down because Rebel shit. Um, it pays <laughs> out, you know, she's, I, I love her as a performer, but you know, as a wrestler, she's not a threat in any she's, way, shape, or form. She's definitely a much better like manager to Brit than she is. I mean, she but did a what she, was... she did a suplex without dropping Sheeta this time, which is good. Last time she tried to suplex someone, she nearly dropped on the head. So, yeah. What was what was interesting about it was that after so she she the one. Um, and 
Didn't she win with Lockjaw? No, she won with like a stretch muffler. Oh shit! Yeah, she did. She, she was working the um, gate, and then she just hooked it in. And uh... so, what's interesting to note about that is that so Brit obviously attacked Sheeta after the match, beat the shit out of her. Hits a, cur- hits a curb stomp on the belt. On the belt, yeah. Um, but then Britt walked away and just kind of like looked at Rebel as if she was almost like dismissing her. Mm. I think it was so more we- just like a, I think it was more like a disappointed. It was like because Rebel's like a Saturday morning cartoon villain. Circuit. She's like a lefty, isn't she? She's not yeah. really a manager. So it was like a, it was more like a just a. There's a massive ambulance going past. You probably don't think you can hear this. Um, uh, probably if you hear me. I live on a meat. Yeah, it's got Steiner just coming in to like tell me I'm fat, probably. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was. I don't think it was like a dismissal. I think it was more of a, just a oh, I don't even want to look at you right now. You failed me. Yeah, just the disapproval. In, in, in Brit mind, she is so shit. She can't even. She shouldn't even be able to beat Rebel, even though Rebel's really bad. You know. Yeah. Again, That's fair. Um, and yeah, sick, sick curb stomp on, on Shida on the title, which was Brit nice. absolutely has to win that belt at the ball. There's, so it's this. This is like the one year anniversary of Sheeta winning as well, isn't it? So yeah, I think that's probably she's probably had it long enough. Now they need. I think they need to freshen up just for someone else to be the champion now for, to to have different feuds with different people. Um, yeah. So that Tycon can take it off for in about six months time or a year's time. Or Jay Cargill. Or Jay Cargill or Anna Jay. Jay. I'm, I'm, I'm easy either. Either or. Jay Cargill's already been been teasing that she's going to get into a feud with Brit at some point on Twitter. They have oh, been okay. going back and forth. Um. Then we had another one of my favorite things on the entire show, which was Kenny Omega and Don Callis. So this was this was meant to have been filmed last week. I reckon it was because Kenny was wearing the same clothes as he was last week. Yeah, and it was Orange Cassidy was in the treatment room, having been legitimately injured and during his match with Park. Or- Orange also looked like he had just been knocked out. <laughs> yeah, he looked a bit out of it. He looked um, like he'd not long woken up. So Kenny Omega and Don Callis come into the treatment room. Best friends are all in there, and obviously looking after Orange with Doc Sampson. And they, 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 they legitimately, um, this is pretty funny. So Kenny's like, Yeah, I'm an EVP. I've come to check on the talent. Everyone else, get out. <laughs> so he kicks out like Statlander. Um, Chris Statlander squares up to Kenny, and I was just like, I need that match. And Kenny don't want none. Kenny was terrified of the alien. <laughs> I need Statlander versus Omega now. So yeah, so they sit down on either side of Kenny. I was either side of worrying, sorry, and he's got like an ice pack on one shoulder, and like Don Callis just moves onto his other shoulder. Yeah, which is great. Um, and they're talking about how like obviously he might be injured, and like they don't want him to like injure him. They don't want him to take any. And they show they, they make him watch like the clip of like the power bomb that Pat gives him that, that knocks him out on the on Don's phone, which is pretty funny. And then yeah. basically they, they Kenny saying, "Oh yeah, you know if I give you a warming angel, it might injure you even worse. It might end your career. It might kill you. Whatever." Um, so they give him a document to sign to like forfeit his place in a triple threat match for a, a title opportunity at a later date. And they hand it to him to sign, and he goes like very slowly and very deliberately, he just tears it in half. But he's, and, he, he rips it so slowly that it takes him like 10 seconds to tear this piece of paper. And, like, and the whole, his like reactions to this was fucking brilliant. Like the whole time, like. The disbelief on both their faces, like for the entire yeah. time he's tearing the paper. Yeah, and then as he go, he goes to like rip the other way, and Don's like, "You don't need to do that. You, you, you made your point." 
So then they give they give him a second copy because obviously they have a second copy. They've always they I, I love that as well. The fact that Don was like, "Don't worry, I've already made a second copy." Just in me. case something like this happened, I've made a second copy. Um, <laughs> and they give him it and say, "Do you just think about it?" I think this is like a legitimate get out of jail card. If if Cassidy's not cleared, I think this is a way for them to. Yeah, because they're gonna have Orange announce his intentions on the uh, go home show, which is. The Friday before Double or Nothing. Yeah, it's literally two days before the show. They go, so they're they're so going head to head with Smack Diddley down. As so well, they'll, they'll know on the Friday night, obviously, whether Cassidy can wrestle on, on Sunday. Yeah, because it, see, it seems like he's had a, he's got a concussion, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, hopefully he's all right. Um, it's good to see they're actually following concussion protocols, especially after like the scary stuff with Matt Hardy last year. Yeah. Um, and Alex Reynolds as well last year. Um. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very kind of creative way to get an out as well. Like it's as opposed to just going, oh yeah, Orange is injured, he's gonna get a title shot at a later date. It can be like Orange kind of being conflicted and going, Well, I'm I'm not gonna be fit for this match. I'll get a title shot at a later date. And you know, it's it's legitimately the biggest match of his career. That too. And also it's like either way, it's a win-win for for fans, isn't it? It either means we're going to get the triple threat as it as planned, or we're going to get Pack versus Omega with yeah. Orange facing the winner somewhere down the line. If the worst case scenario is Pack Omega three, then I'm alright with that. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out TopRopeBrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties Brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out toprobrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to stick your cancer charities. So next up, we have the Inner Circle House to address the Pinnacles Challenge. Uh, and again, some really good promo work here. Uh, Ortiz, Sammy doing some good work. They let Hager speak. They probably shouldn't. Um, we now live in a world where there's a, there's a Hager chant from a crowd. I know that's this is why and you shouldn't. This way you shouldn't pay extras to chant. Whoever's it was speaking. Well, the worst part was it wasn't the fucking extras. Was it? No, was it looking in the crowd? It was like the crowd were getting into it as well. I, I mean, it would have been better if Hager had just said championships. Yeah, that was the legitimately the funniest thing he's ever done. Um, I mean. He, he calls this, um he calls the pinnacle schoolgirl bitches, which is a very bizarre yeah. thing to say. What what was the thing that Sammy called them? It was sort of sort of like fishes, wasn't it? And it got a chance. Yeah. Um oh, fuck, what was it? Can't remember, but it, it wasn't like stu- stupid ass fishes or something like that. And, and, it, got and, and it got an immediate chance. Um yeah. and Jericho sort of takes over the promo. Uh, a really, really good. Like Jericho had like the the sort of the emotional eyes, and he was he was. Yeah, talking... I got the fucking pink eye, mate. <laughs> he'd been on a, he'd been on Rob Van Dam's 
special special good good before they've been using their RVD rolling papers that you got sent in the mail. Um, hey, hey, you hooked them up. He knows the guy. Colonel. He knows. Yeah, he, he drove. He drove over to get it. Smoked it yeah. all the way back. Golf <laughs> cards. Um, so yeah, Jericho with his with his bloodshot. I don't mind. I, I don't mind if the kids smoke it here. It's safe. Dad eyes. Um, saying about how. When he was falling, basically, when he threw off the cage, you put everything in perspective, it fired him up, you know. And it was a, it was a pretty decent promo. It fired up Jericho, fired up face Jericho. It was actually a pretty alright version of, of Jericho. Yeah, like he 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 was very good in the fact that obviously, obviously the landing what didn't look great because of the way it was shot, um, and he kind of brought he brought it up in a way that it was like, well, my head nearly hit like, nearly went like hit the edge of the stage, like yeah. A couple more inches, I would have been dead. Yeah, and it was—it was like instantly. Then it kind of like added a bit more gravity to that situation. Like, yeah, it looked shit, but like it was still pretty. It still probably would have been pretty fucking scary, like falling backwards. And he—and he's legitimately injured his arm doing it. Yeah, so it's not like it's—it's not like everyone should be going. Oh, it looked shit. Oh, fuck. Like, blah blah. blah. It's like, yeah, like he—he's legitimately hurt himself. Like. Maybe just forget about that for a second and worry about the human being. Exactly. Um, yeah, so basically the, the long and short of it is the inner circle accept the challenge. Jericho says that they'd have to be killed to lose and uh, they're going to bury the pinnacle and piss on their graves. So, lovely. Yeah, I am... Um, I think the real start, like, the real start to come out of this was Sammy. Yeah. Sammy's promo was incredible. Um, Jericho's, for me, it was a little bit little bit too drawn out. He does like to go on a bit, doesn't he, Chris? He's a... Like, for, for what he said, and he was very repetitive in what he said, and it wasn't... I don't I don't want people thinking that I think it was a bad promo, because it definitely wasn't. It was a very good promo. Yeah. But could have got to the point a little bit quicker for me. Um, I mean, I'm, it wasn't it wasn't on, like, levels of fucking Cody last week. <laughs> It was probably a blessing I wasn't on the review last week because Jesus, we would have been talking about that for about an hour. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a little bit like you, you didn't need that much time to get to the point you were making. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see you there. Um, yeah, and yeah, like I said, if, if if the if the sort of end result of this feud is that it pushes MJF and Sammy to the moon, then yeah, I'm alright with that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where that's where they're probably looking for long term. I, the, the thing is, is it, isn't it, that Jericho and Hager are there to just elevate everybody else because they've already got a bit of, like, star power to their name. Um, yeah. Because, because to, to the casual fans, they're the two they know. Yeah. And obviously Tully, but the one's actually wrestling. Yep, so next up, we get a little quick Jade Cargill segment where she's chatting to Tony. Um and she's it's the same thing she's saying about like how you know people want a manager in this and she wants to be her own boss and it's your boy smart mark sterling he's back top lad smart smart mark sterling and he he made such a good point yeah he came in and he said oh no i don't want to be your boss i want to work for you i want to make you know get you to where you want to go and he said basically why are you still doing this this shit with tony where's your sit down jr interview yeah the, the thing as well is like I don't necessarily think Jade needs a manager, but it wouldn't hurt. 
Yeah, but if she's the if she's the dominant one over like yeah. bumbling smart Mark Sterling trying to go around, like if, her... if they literally have him like being basically her like her like guy who's doing busy work, like like Ted from Scrubs to Doctor Kelso. Yeah, like she's horrible to him. She treats him like shit, and he's like, "Yes, Miss Cargo. Yes, Miss Cargo." Like that, that'd be fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, you're saying is you want you want Smart Mark Sterling to be her office. Yeah, they basically have him in exactly the same role as he was to MJF. Yeah, where he was just MJF's lackey, and he'd every now and again like drop in a bit of legal jargon to kind of just just to kind of like add a bit of gravitas to what he was saying. Yeah, basically, Jade just says, um, tells him to tells him to stop interrupting her and to basically fuck off, and he does. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's something in this because he he came out already on dark, didn't he? And and sort of made his point. I it's the second time he's approached her now. So I think there's definitely something bubbling here. There's something. Uh, I think either they're gonna they're they're either gonna have him and Jade end up like caving and going, yeah, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you like. Manage me and take care of my affairs, sort of thing. Or it's going to lead to Jade turning and facing and debuting somebody to feud with Jade. Yeah. Um, possibly Kong, because we've not seen Kong for a while. Well, she's not doing Glow no more. Thanks, fucking Netflix. Thanks a lot, Netflix, you cunts. Um, Sun's crying. Sun's crying. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, decent little promo. Um, Jade's issued an open challenge for next week as well, so we'll see her wrestling again on Dynamite next week. Interesting. Oh, he could, he could debut someone there, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, so next up, possibly match of the night contender. This was so good. Jesus, who saw this coming? Um, we, so well, this, I mean, Serena Deeb's awesome, isn't she? She's she's so good. Do we need to be making a case that Serena Deeb might be one of the best women's wrestlers in the business at the moment? I mean, she's she was training a lot of women in NXT before she got released last year. Um, Bailey pretty much credits her for how like the reason she's so good is because she was like mentored by Serena Deeb. Yeah. Um, she's phenomenal. So yeah, she's, she's, I, I I said the other month like obviously I had. No expectations for. I mean, I wasn't like dismissive of her, but I had no expectations for Serena when she came into AEW. And about yeah. sort of four matches in, I sort of noticed, like, hang on, all of the matches of women's matches I've really enjoyed over the last couple of months have all been Serena Deep matches. Yeah, Sean Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful uh, tweeted something out last night, and I was just like, he's hit the nail really on the head right there. Um, and he mm-hmm. said. That Serena Deeb is how he'd imagine a 35-year-old Bret Hart wrestling today. Yeah. Like in 2021. Yeah. If, yeah. He, if, if he was around, that's exactly what he'd be doing. He absolutely hit the nail on the head. She's she's so good. She's not overly flashy, but she's a really good storyteller. Yeah. Um, and and also while we're, while we're praising this match, credit to Red Velvet, because you know Red Velvet's fantastic as well, and she's improved so much in the last like sort of six months, hasn't she? Yeah, ever since she sort of got into the, ever since she sort of got inserted into the Shaq feud, she's just upped her game like exponentially. It's been ridiculous. Yeah, um, you can tell as soon as she got put in that position, she just upped the work rate and like upped the intensity, upped the effort. You can tell she's been training, you know. Not, and again, credit to I mean, obviously the women, obviously have done an amazing job. 
and I'm not going to take away from them by, by any means. But you know, I know QT Marshall and Kenny do a lot with the women's division. And Dustin Rhodes as well. As well, yeah. So a lot that, of they all like a lot. Every time I hear one of the women and get get like sort of interview, they always speak very highly of QT and, and Dustin. What wasn't it? Wasn't it Dustin's birthday the other day? And, yes, um, it was. Yeah. All all like the women's wrestlers in um, AW they were tweeting happy birthday, but they were also tweeting thank you, which was really cool. Yeah, I mean, having um, said that, take nothing away from the actual female performers themselves. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Of course, I know, I know, but... I know, I know a lot of awful wrestlers who are trained by very good trainers. So you have to put the work and be good <laughs> yourself to make it. You know, obviously it's a... yeah. But I do, I do think that um, that obviously that hands-on approach that they that they've had them like him take in particular of kind of like mentoring them all is really it's definitely benefited the AW Women's Division. I think I think it's helped. So. If you, I don't, I don't want to turn this into a men taking credit for women's hard work. No, but if you talk about like the women individually have all been very good at raising their individual games and like improving as performers, but then like the sort of influence of the whole division of like the the sort of the way that the storytelling has gotten better and like the the psychology has gotten better amongst all the matches. That's obviously that's probably more of like a Dustin and QT thing. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's it. Like as, as a whole, well-rounded thing. Like and. Obviously, Serena's probably going to be another person who can take a lot of credit for. Well, I mean, you, you look at the la- you look at the last twelve months, and you look at like obviously the rise of Tykonti, Serena mm. coming in, Thunder Rosa coming in, the rise of Anna Jay. Thunder Rosa, another one. She trained there, Red Velvet, didn't she? Yeah. Um. Um. Obviously, you've got even even like the ones coming through now. So like the likes of like Layla Hirsch, Maddie Rinkowski. Uh, you yeah. know, it's 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 ridiculous that the position of strength that they're in now compared to. Um, a year ago, I don't like even like um, Rima's and Army still knocking around, yeah. On dark, I, I imagine, I imagine she's a fucking wealth of knowledge as well for the women's division, yeah. Obviously, Sheeda, you can't you can't give Sheeda enough credit, she's carried that division for a year as the champion, yeah. Um, put on some great matches. The fact that Vicky Guerrero as well, Vicky Guerrero has been in there, hair influence. On. I mean, we all. We said that like Nyla didn't need a manager when they brought Vicky in, and we were a little bit flummoxed by. What, but look at how much more comfortable Nyla is, like as that sort of dominant heel like figure. Now that she's worked with Vicky for a bit as well, yeah, it's incredible. It's 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 so it's so good to see like the AW Women's Division doing so well now because it was it was the weak link this time last year, and they've they've yeah. really grown into it. I mean. Even this time six months ago, people were still shitting all over it. Yeah, I mean, the, like it was only the tournament. The, full, the, the tournament it was all felt, out, wasn't it? The tournament felt like a turning point. It really did. Yeah, because it was all out when they brought Thunder Rosa in, and everyone was kind of bringing up the fact that they brought in an outside talent to be the number one contender, yeah. and how like that kind of highlighted how bad the women's division was at the time, and and I think bringing her in, and obviously the fact like. With Thunder Rosa, she's brought in a lot of talent from her wrestling school, yeah, and from her promotion, and it's it's definitely like kind of it's definitely benefited the whole thing, um, and yeah, the these two other match that really kind of showcase that. Yeah, and I mean also on Dark, um, Killian King's been improving week on week as well. Yeah, like she looks fantastic. She's been, she's been there for over a year now, hasn't she? Yeah, but she's re- she's been really getting heavily featured on on Dark and Elevation at the moment, uh, which yeah. is great to see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic to see, and and this ma- and matches like this are the, are the reward that, that they're reaping now. Like it's been maybe five out of the last six eight dynamites where the women's match has been one of, if not the best match on the show. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Which, you know, that's that's no accident. That's that's you know, that's a sign that they've that everyone in that division has really like upped their game collectively and decided, fuck yeah, we're gonna we're gonna really get good at this. <laughs> and it's it's showing. It's fantastic. Um so the match itself, um yeah, you said about Dee being a really good storyteller and like she is she's um she's working on the leg an awful lot. She was a lot more heelish in this match than usual. Uh, you say that, but it was it was more like Christian heel, like wasn't it? It was more like veteran, yeah, like well, ve- I, veteran moves, sort of. I I don't know because like at the start of the match, she literally just went. She she thought she put away um, Velvet like instantly, and then when she didn't, when she hadn't, she was like visually frustrated, like as if she thought uh, this this match is like beneath me. Yeah, and. Then, like throughout the match, she was a bit more vicious than usual. Um, there was a really good spot where uh, Red Velvet hit a uh, moonsault off the top rope, and like Serena got her knees up, and Red Velvet like bounced off the knees. Like what? It wasn't like sometimes when you like kind of you hit the knees and you go, "Oh!" It was like she hit the knees and she fucking bounced off. Yeah. Um, she went hard. Yeah, and then. Obviously, Serena was hitting big moves and she wasn't able to put Velvet away. And Velvet, like, Velvet was still fighting. And you could see Serena getting more and more visually frustrated to the point where she locked in the uh, Serenity lock. Velvet got to the ropes, which I believe is the first time anyone's done that with yeah, it. Possibly, yeah. Um, so then Dee, like, brought it back in, reapplied it, and before she hooked the leg, just like destroyed Velvet's knee on the mat, like yeah, just slammed. Like, I'm in the knee into the mat a few times again, focusing on the on the limb, um, and then locked it in like super, like really locked it in like super yeah. extra sauce on it, and uh, yeah, that was that was good for the tap. And then she didn't she didn't look like she looked very displeased that she'd had to go that long with Velvet. Yeah, that it had been like such an effort. I, and... I think they're starting to turn a heel. Myself, is that so Thunder can come and take the um, title of her? Well, yeah, Thunder Rose is the baby face in that situation, isn't she? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um... She's too cool to not be a baby face. <laughs> um, that's what the that's what they're building in NWA anyway. The Thunder Rose like is about to either leave NWA or be stuck for N- with NWA forever. <laughs> True. So, um, yeah, that... so I mean, great, great, great match. Um, yeah, both, both women looked really good in this match. Um, obviously, Serena. Was an absolute pro. Told a great story, really good, like sort of psychology and, and limb work. And Velvet just was a really good, like sort of sympathetic babyface. Just kept bouncing back, not 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 quitting, never say die. And yeah, just and and again, um, also quite nice that the match just ended and there was no running, there was no like extra angle. It was just a match that finished, and then we went, we moved on to the next one, which was quite nice. Yeah, it was like the only match of the night that did that, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we know AW love like a post match angle, don't we? But. Uh, yeah, it's, I wish they fucking wouldn't. <laughs> you don't need to all the time. Well, next up, something that'll make you happy. We had um, just a little, just a little brief promo, but it was um, it was Pack backstage outside the elite dressing room, looking for some, looking for some Kenny Omega. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I like the promo. I like. I thought Pack's like a really good talker, isn't he? And, he just, he, he, just, he just feels like a threat. Like every time he talks, he just seems dead. I know it's because he's Jordy as fuck. He's so he, menacing. But he just seems really dangerous. Um, yeah. He asked, um, was it Alex Marvez? Who's been? Yeah. He asked Alex Marvez, he said, uh, who's going to bet against the bastard? 
yeah and he, he said as well that the EVPs were like stopping him from getting opportunities which was nice because it means that like he's obviously I it feels almost as if they're kind of going to be building up another blood and guts match already with the elite versus Mox Kingston um Pac maybe Frankie Kazarian or Orange Cassidy mm. I mean, it's, it's just the elite versus like all of the absolute murderers that they pissed off over the course of the last like six months. Yeah, they've, they've wronged a lot of people in the last couple of months, haven't they? <laughs> and a lot of people you wouldn't want to be in a fight with. Uh, like Pac, oh. who, would, who will legitimately murder you. Um, yeah, yeah Pac, your fucking nose off. Pac's, uh, Pac just, he just drips threat. Like, and that's, that's, I, that's, I was, that's difficult. That's, that's, diff- that's difficult. It's, it's difficult in pro wrestling, obviously, because we know it's, we know it's like pretend obviously but to, to yeah. be like to be to legitimately feel threatened by someone is, uh, as um, as a man who's been called a cunt by pack and told to move he's <laughs> yeah. a terrifying human he is, being he is a terrifying man and then like literally 30 seconds later we heard him literally splat against a concrete floor yeah yeah good times um but yeah i, I mean i i just i love pack on the mic i think he's he's got that like legacy he's got a legitimate legitimate danger to him and uh, i can't wait for this for this um, whatever the match ends up being Double or nothing. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, agreed. Um, next up, we have contender for some of the best theme music in AW, which is Anthony Gogo coming out to his Peaky Blinders style. Theme oh, it's music. so good, so so good. Apparently, he literally just went to, to Ruckus and said, "You know the Peaky Blinders theme? Just do that for me." And he was like, "All right." Yeah. And then, he, and then after he'd done the theme, he was like, "You know what? I'd improve this. Add Big Ben at the start." He went, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> <Did it. laughs> So this is Austin Gunn versus Anthony Gogo. Um, basically, <laughs> Anthony Gogo just punches him in the stomach. He goes down. He gets up. He punches him in the stomach again. He spits blood everywhere. He goes down. He gets up. He punches him again. He goes down. Match it over. Yeah, this really kind of painted the Gogo was like a fucking murderer, didn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, and the, the sort of the sort of building it like the, it's like the Rocky Three thing. So he's like Club Lang. Like he's never he's 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 obviously he's so powerful that he's winning all his matches so quickly, and he's not having to go the distance. And so it's now going to be can he you know can he go long against Cody at double or nothing? I, all I want is for him to just squash Cody, just one bomb him. I mean, to be fair, Cody has said that Gogo is like one of his like special projects, hasn't he? Yeah, um, so he was the first developmental talent that AEW signed Yeah, when they started. Um, and Cody's been very hands-on with training as well. Um, it, he, he is like one of his pet projects. Um, him and there's a woman's wrestler as well who got injured. Oh yeah, the one who got injured. She was like top of the class in the first class and then she like, was, did a race like the next week and she's out for a year. Yeah, um, I can't remember the name for the life of me. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, when she comes back, it's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting to uh, to see her. Um, yeah, because on dark she was managed by Cody as well, wasn't she? Uh yes, yeah, uh, yeah. So this so this basically sets up a go go nice for for double nothing. Obviously, we all want to see what he can do in the ring when he has to go into a full on wrestling match. Um, again, I think like majority of people watching, I can do with a bit less of the of the rah rah. You know, foreign heel I versus. I don't give a shit versus the UK versus USA stuff. It's... If yeah. if if they were doing this, I think that you could you could legitimately do a double turn in this match if you book it right. Well, the thing is, is that like everyone's kind of 
a go-go is a heel that makes really good points. Similar to like Scorpio Sky. He's also an Olympic medalist who became an ordained minister so he could marry his gay sister. Yeah. Um, you know, how is he how is he the heel in this? <laughs> and all, also also he's overcome adversity with the fact that he's only got like 78 percent Oh, sorry, he's got he's got twenty two percent vision in his yeah. left eye. On the plus side, being um, being seventy eight percent blind in one eye means he can't see Cody's jacket as well. That's true. Uh, but bit. yeah, it's it's. I don't really like the whole the whole like foreign eel thing because it just seems like it's on a, it's on a bit thick. It seems like an, an unnecessary extra layer you've got to put on this. You've it, already got. It's a very dated trope as well. Yeah. Um, and I know I know Cody's a throwback guy, and I know he likes it old school. But, yeah, but this is just a bit much. Yeah. They they could literally have built this like fucking Rocky Four. Like Rocky and that. Or, well, or no, as you said, no, the, problem is, the problem is they built it like Rocky Four and they should have built it like Rocky Three. Sorry, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um they're trying to make him Drago when he should be Club Lang. Yeah, they should be right. Cody saying that you can't go the distance with me, I'm gonna take you twenty minutes and see what you can do. The the way the way to rectify this is just have um <laughs> just have uh What's his name? A go-go murder Dustin in a match next week. Just have Dustin come out to live in America. Have a, have a go-go. <laughs> just dressed like Apollo Creed. <laughs> oh, no, just, have, just, have, just have a go-go one-bomb him. And Cody, yeah. Cody, Cody refusing to throw the towel in. Yeah, just punch him and you see like Dustin's face baiting blood just like splatting up his arm. Like something out of Invincible. That'd be <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so Austin Gunn putting his body, sacrificing his body, dying for his sins. So that uh, Austin Gunn is also out for two and a half months after this match. Legitimately, legitimately, but they they basically blamed this match on the reason why. Oh right, fair enough. So, said, yeah. They said he's like they, they they didn't say the exact thing, but they alluded that a go go like cave in his liver. So Austin Gunn was Apollo Creed all along. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Does that mean does that mean Billy Gunn and Cody are gonna be running down beaches to um buy the tiger? Oh, I, I like the only way they could redeem Cody at this point to me is if he has a training montage. Maybe he's just punching next, a piece of meat next like, week. Lifting the rocks in the, in the Russian yeah, wilderness. Fuck, fuck that way in. I don't care about the way in. Give us Cody fucking training montage while it goes like just punching someone to death. Oh <laughs> uh, and like fucking with that's on fire playing over it. Arn Anderson's bought a robot for some reason and it's pissing him off. Arn yeah. Anderson just goes full Mickey. <laughs> full Come point. on, Cody, you bum! You bum, you're a bum! I want to go to Waffle House, you bum! <laughs> oh, so then we, we go to another promo backstage. We've got SCU backstage. Now, just a quick one. I'm going to throw this in here now. Um, Jesus Christ, the, the start of this week's being the only broke me. Oh yeah! If anyone hasn't seen it, um, go check that out. Like Christopher Daniels' promo is incredible, and like they've always like sort of blurred the lines, like with Daniels and AW. Like you don't know how much of it is like storyline, like because the the, the 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 sort of character storyline is he's dead old and he might have to retire soon. But then the reality is he's dead old and he might have to retire soon. Yeah, and you don't know how much of this is real. Like, I, I'd like to see him have one more match. But that um, bit, like that bit, oh, that bit at the end where he just sits down and he starts crying and he's like, "I don't yeah. want to go, I don't want to go." Yeah, and it's like, oh, I mean, because obviously, like, he's he's fucking Christopher Daniels, like wrestling's his life, like it's all he's done for like forty years. Well, that and they're working on the Wars World show on at uh, Universal Studios. 
yeah, I'm being on um, being on distraction as well. Yeah, along with Samoan Joe, as he was called. Samoan Joe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, that was that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, go and watch it if you haven't seen it. It's literally the very first bit. It's before the credits of, of being the elite. It's 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 insane. It's so good. Um. And it's the same thing here. So Daniel just walks off because they ask him if he's because they show him the tweet from when he said like basically tweets like that that it might be time to it might be that might be all what, what was what was um he talked well in, in, on being the elite i'm going back to being the elite he referenced dusty rose and he said um you know it, was, it might be time to he, he saw yeah he talked about dusty um winning the u.s title and basically retiring afterwards yeah so it might, might be time to lay this old body down hmm. and then yeah i mean oh it's so good and then so when he, daniels walks off when asked about if he's retiring and kaz um he, he like hugs Kaz and whispers something in his yeah, ear. He, he shakes his hand and like yeah, pulls him in. And yeah, does something. And then a really good promo from Kaz actually says like last week the um the young bucks took something special from him. Like they ripped his heart out. They took they took they took something away from him that, that he really loved. And basically said all the elite are at fault. The Good Brothers, Kenny, Mike Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler, and he's basically gonna hunt them all down. And um, basically if it kills him. Yeah. Um, kind of similar to what he did in Ring of Honor when he was like hunting members of the Bullet Club down. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with this. If get gets us a singles run out of Kazarian, who's fantastic, um, gets us gets us more um, story like stuff with the whole elite and that as well. Wouldn't even be against seeing like Kazarian versus um, Kenny for the title. Yeah, if if you haven't built himself up to that to that level of Kenny's the final boss there, you know. Put down the elite, so he's got to get Kenny. Yeah. I think I mean it's probably gonna be Kazarian's murder and Nakazawa first, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean that'll be the and Brandon. Maybe both at the same time. Um, Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Right. Speaking of um speaking of good promos, we get a little Miro um Ooh. appearance next. Remember when Miro was bad and we all didn't like where the direction he was going in? And then, I, and, then, he, and, then really, and then he just looked in the mirror and went, hang on, I'm a fucking terrifying monster. Why don't I just beat so the shit I saw a really compelling argument about this on uh, Twitter between Bubba Ray Dudley, or Bully Ray, and um, Matt Red, Redwalt, I think he, it's his surname now, uh, aka Aiden English. And Bully Ray said, Mather, like, legitimate murderer Miro is much better than video game fan Miro and um, Matt's response to that was what was compelling which was why can't he be both and I do see his point there because it's like he can be a bit more of a multi-dimensional character but at the same time murderer Miro is fucking awesome I do like murderer Miro I, I, I kind of see where he's coming from um my argument would be more like I think it's more compelling to have seen him become Murderer Miro. Yeah, I really like the kind of like character growth he's had. I don't think it'd be I don't think we'd be having this conversation about how effective he is now if he didn't come in in the gimmick he had. Yeah, if he had to come in as like a murderer when we'd just seen him fucking around on Raw being like full of Miro. Yeah, so anyway, so so Miro comes out, um, he praises Jesus because he's a he's a good Christian boy. Did he meet Lana at church or something weird? Probably. Um, yeah. So he says he killed Darby. He said, "No matter who you are, if you have what he wants, it's a done deal. 
It's already his. He'll take it. Um, he said Darby Allen made him mad, but he'll forgive him as long as he apologizes and goes home. He's the champion now. Um, then he said he's going to give someone else an opportunity next week on Dynamite. Um, you know, open challenge, basically. Um, and then Lance Archer comes out. Well, Lance Archer's music hits, which is great because that music gets me hype as fuck. Yeah. Um, and Lance Archer comes out being, well, I say being physically restrained. I don't think Jake the Snake could restrain Lance Archer if he wanted to. Jake, Jake looked really weird earlier, didn't he? He looked at, he looked like, yeah, he just got out of bed. Mm. He didn't look too well. I'm, I'm worried about Jake. Um, really red in the face. Yeah, I mean, it could have just been for effect. Maybe he just ran him down the stairs a few times. I know he's got he's got COPD, hasn't he? Which is not yeah. great. But hopefully, you know, he's still got a good a good few years in him. Um, hope he's doing. You know, he, he, he bounces back a bit. You know, he's he's been one of those guys who probably should have died about twelve times over. So he's a uh, he's no he's no stranger to um to being in a sticky sticky, sticky spot. So Archie comes out and basically says they're going to have a match double nothing for the, for the TNT title. I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ. All the hoss fights. Putting, yes, fresh, push, putting fresh batteries in the hustle on for that one. Um, <laughs> make sure they're not going off prematurely. Um, Lan Miro basically says um, Archer needs that old man, Jake Roberts, to sort of, you know, to, to hold him back and to, to help him out. He says um, when he steps in the ring with Miro, no amount of, yo- no amount of yoga will save him. Which was a nice, um, a nice little touch. And then my line of the night for promo was... Um, so Mira says that Lance Archer says everybody dies. Archer can be the one to die first. Yeah. Miro, this is the biggest Miro's felt like a threat since even even like before Rusev, like I'd say since like NXT. I'd go that yeah. far. I mean, I'd say, since like, like, I'd say like WrestleMania Tank Rusev, maybe. Since Tank Rusev before before the match against Cena. Yeah. Before Cena, like Cena Um But yeah, it's. It's definitely um And to, to be fair, half of Archer's promo in this before this was just like him saying this match is gonna be a banger. It's gonna be really fun. Yeah, he basically said it's gonna be Godzilla and Kong. And uh, yeah. yeah, I I I think out of out of the cards for double or nothing, this might be the match I'm most excited for. Out of all the undercard matches, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. I think. I mean, I'm like, obviously... I know the triple threat's going to be amazing. I'm excited for the Battle Royal, but I'm really excited. And Stadium Stampede. Yeah. But I'm really excited for this because I just think it's going to be fucking awesome. Hossageddon. It is absolute Hossageddon. I, I can't wait for this. Um, yeah, it's good to see Miro. Just, and it, it's obviously a reminder that Arch is really good at talking as well. Yeah, I, I feel almost like Arch doesn't really need Jake. Like, yeah. Jake, would, Jake might be better suited managing somebody else. Someone who, someone who isn't a good talker. We were all the big guys, all the people they got who are bad talkers are already with people who can talk for them. So there's no one ready yeah. for him, and it's just nice having him. I mean, it's like he's he's at this point now because Archie's doing a lot more talking these days. I don't know if that's to do with how Jake's health is or whatnot, but it's nice that Jake's almost like the punch is like the punctuation now. He like you just put in words every here and there, which is great. He's like they just use him when they have to to, to like drive a point home. Whereas when yeah. he first came in, he was doing all the talking. Whereas now he just he just does a line every he, now and then. To I like suppose he's almost he's almost like the devil on Archer's shoulder, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I like I like the sort of over the last like year or so they've sort of spun it so that maybe Jake's a little bit scared of him now, and he doesn't quite. He's sort of starting to understand the monster he's created. Almost, you know. 
Yeah. But yeah, I uh, love, love a bit of Lance Archer. Can't wait for him and Miro to... I mean, there's a, there's like a 2% chance the world's going to end when these two get into a wrestling ring together. It's it's very possible, yeah. It's just from the release of energy, um, but we'll see how that goes. If, if, if you're near a nuclear bunker, maybe get in there. Yeah, um, just, just maybe just make sure you're um, near a doorway, just in case. Just be on the safe side. Uh, right, yeah, so... And so it's announced. So it's actually announced because they've run over the card for next week's Dynamite. Um, I won't go through every match, but the one that the one that caught my eye is the TNT title match. It's going to be Miro versus Dante Martin. Oh god! Oh god! So this is Dante Martin. Already been... lost one member of Top Flight. I don't want us to lose both. <laughs> Fucking hell! This is Dante Martin who by himself can jump six feet in the air. Yeah. So Miro is basically going to throw into low orbit. Yeah, he, he hit him. Um... He hit an absolutely stunning 450 splash on a dart this week. Like the, the guy he was against, uh, I can't remember his name now. Fellow with a mask, wasn't Fuego, someone else. Um, but he he moved like a little bit too early and just like eight knees. Oh, but um, like the, the actual like move itself looked gorgeous. But Miro is going to beat him so hard he's going to see the curvature of the earth. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's that's going to be fun because <laughs> he's going to bump his he's going to bump his dick off. Um, which is going to be amazing yeah I can't remember what else though was actually announced uh, nothing oh um, Uno and Grayson versus Paige and Sky yeah that'll be a good match yeah I'm looking forward good. to seeing a bit, bit more of a Uno and Grayson back on Dynamite that'll be, that'll be nice uh, right so we'll move on to the main event uh, this was I didn't know what to expect from this match but I ended up really enjoying it um, so this is the Young Bucks versus the Varsity Blondes for the tag team titles um, there, there was a lot of kind of shithousery by the books, wasn't it? Which you'd expect. Yeah, um, the Vars- the Vars- it turns out the Varsity Blondes are like the best 80s face tag team in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was fantastic. Um, Pillman, again, Pillman does a lot of the Pillman does a lot of the work, like the, the busy work in this match, a lot of the, the hard yards, if you want to use a football analogy, because you know, they're both football guys. Um, Highlight for me was um, Griff Garrison going over the top rope like a fucking cruise missile. Yeah, like oh, it's, it's, I think it took about thirty seconds to clear the top rope. He's that long, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, he flew. Um, that double spear he has on them as well was fucking awesome. Yeah, double spear was nice as well. Um, and then yeah, some obviously some good some good tag team uh, double team moves off the books as always. Um, lovely super kick from Pillman on one of the books. Yeah, like Pillman really. I mean, my, my, my I've always kind of had a bit of a soft spot for Pillman. I thought he's, you know, he's, he's a decent, he's a decent sort of mid card guy. Ever since seeing him on Dark Side of the Ring, my in, my investment in him has gone way up. <laughs> I really, I really do, yeah. you know, quite really quite want him to make it because <laughs> I think he feels like I feel like he quite deserves it. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like that. Like every time we've seen him wrestle, he's looked like a star. Um, that promo this week kind of solidified that for me. Yeah, he's got um, he's got he's got everything he needs to, to go as far as he wants, pretty much. Yeah, um, um, yeah which, which I'm happy about. Um, so we have a bit of fuckery towards the end. Um, we've got Pillman and a sharpshooter. Griff Garrison comes in to make the save. Then um, Matt gets the the the, chills, the cold spray, sprays Pillman. Then Julia, and then as yeah. he's got it, Julia Hart gets up on the ring to sort of point out to the ref that Matt's got the spray. He sprays Julia Hart in the face, the despicable bastard. Yeah. 
how dare he? How very dare he? Absolute bastard. Um, then as he's doing that, Pillman rolls him up for a really close near fall. There was the bit as well where, was it, I can't remember if it was Matt or Nick, but one of them like super kicked the other because Pillman dodged it and I thought it was over there. I was like, oh, fuck me. Oh, no, was that when he threw one of their feet into the other one and then super kicked them? Yeah, couldn't have to. He caught the kick and then threw it to the other one's face and then he super kicked them. Yeah, that was yeah. that was, that was was real nice. Um, I loved the ending of this match. So, um, Matt's got Pillman in the sharpshooter and he's like crawling for the ropes and as he's crawling for the ropes, Nick jumps over the ropes and hits him with the in the ring, like the springboard X-Factor. Yeah. While he's in the sharpshooter, just like fucking slams. Oh, I love that. Slams his face on the floor. Then and he, then does, he was like, hold, he was holding Griff back, wasn't he? At the same well, time. No, then he, he does, he jumps out, does the moonsault on Griff. Yeah. Um, in the same move, he does, he does, he, he does, it's a spiders all the time. Like he does the, he does the X Factor on one guy, then he jumps over the ropes and hits the moonsault on the other guy. Like he's done it, he's done it in like the last, like five, his last six matches. But just yeah. doing it on Pillman while he's in the sharpshooter was so cool. Because like that was yeah. what, what's worse than being sharpshooter, being sharpshooter and X Factor at the same time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that's that's both of Xbox signature moves getting done on, on this on tonight's dynamite. So um, Sean Waltman to AW confirmed he is going to yeah, be the, the surprise entrance. He said he wants to come out of retirement. He did say he's all he wants to come out of retirement. He also said he wants to come out of retirement WWE. Yeah, but you know beggars choosers. Yeah, true that move. Billy Gunn's going to uh, going to do him a solid. Get him in there. Uh, yeah, so basically, um, after the, after this assault, so um, Pillman's in the job, she's there, he gets the X-Factor, Nick springs out, uh, takes down Griff, and Pillman taps, so the Bucks win. Uh, really good match, um, the Varsity Blondes didn't do themselves any disservice here, they look, they look great, they think they really, and it's quite a credit, is Griff Garrison, is he signed? I think all three of them are. Pillman can't be, because he's still under contract with MLW. He is, but he's not long out. He he's not long, and also, um, there's a loophole in his contract with Nancy Canby. Oh, fair enough. I think. I mean, I could just I could just Pretty speak sure. to um, I could speak to my buddy, um, senior talent manager at MLW, and ask him. Uh, you, you, you dropped the name there, mate. <laughs> Guy who's been emailing me. Um, Down the floor. Yeah, sorry, just watch out for that. Um, cause don't, don't, don't need to trip over that. Uh, yeah, but no, honestly, it, um, I think it's only a matter. Of, I think it's, it's it shows how much faith that management have in them. They put them. At the, I mean, they're ranked number one at the moment of Arsenal Blondes. They put them in this main event. Great is such a great thing for Griffin Pillman to be headlining Dynamite. I think that's a really good experience for them. I think it'll do them really I well. I was, I was really surprised that they did actually main events. I. I mean, looking looking at the card, I don't know what would have, but I didn't think it was going to be this. You could have put you could have put Demon Red Velvet in the main event, to be fair. Could have, but no, this I mean, this was a title match, wasn't it? It was always going to be one of the two title matches that main evented, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the books just again doing great heel work. Um, Brandon Cutler being a despicable, lackey bastard. Hey. It's weird with Cutler, isn't it? Because he's gone from like being bullied into being a young boy to all of a sudden being like a Nakazawa level stooge. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the money's good. Like literally in like a week or so that he's like done that. If the money's good, then presumably he's uh, he doesn't care what he's doing. He's got to provide for his family. 
Yeah, he's pretty... got two contracts, mate. He's got to fulfil his duties. Yeah, fair play. Um, and then a, a nice little, <laughs> a nice little, little exclamation point on the end of the show at the Buckstand Hall at the end of the match. Kingston and Moxley run in. Well, they sort of walk up to the, walk up the side of the ramp, stand on the ramp. The books are facing the hard camera. Nakazawa and Cutler see them coming and bail. They don't want nothing to do with this. So the books are alone in the ring. Moxley and Kingston jump in. They beat the piss out of them. They put them to sleep with, a, with some chokes. And then they steal their shoes. Clearly, as well, Eddie Kingston's got more experience of stealing shoes than Moxley. <laughs> yeah, he had off. Eddie got those fuckers right off. <laughs> he got them off Moxley was struggling with the laces. Yeah, Kingston whipped those boys off super fast. So these I, are the, I love these as well the, the picture that AEW's Twitter put up of Kingston just cradling them all like babies. <laughs> So these are the books, um, Dior Jordan ones, which are allegedly worth thousands of dollars. Ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, yeah, Kingston still stole the shoes and the socks as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the AW goes off the air with Eddie Kingston just cradling two pairs of, of expensive trainers and like laughing yeah. maniacally. Eddie Kingston, not a grizzled young veterans fan, complain. You missed, they missed a trick, though. Like, if Kingston's, like, an hour after the show, Kingston should have tweeted a picture of, like, those shoes, laces tied over a telegraph line in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe he'll do that. <laughs> or just having put them on eBay or something. Yeah. I, I'd quite like it if him and Mox actually, end, like, wore them in their match against the Bucks. Yeah, that would be that'd be fun, actually. I'd, I'd get on with that. I, I think that would be... Obviously, they'd need to be the same shoe size as the Bucks, so that could be an issue, but... <laughs> that's our show um, we're, out, we're out with King. who would have thought we'd have ended with Eddie Kingston cradling a $10,000 pair of shoes um, right <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap this up Jay do you want me to give you would you like to give me even your highs and lows please sir yeah I will do um, my low is the same that it always is too much repetition after matches it's not hard so it's not hard for them to communicate with each other and go, okay, shit, we'll do it this and this match. We won't do it in the next one. Um, it it gets to the point where you're just kind of like expecting it, aren't you? And almost a little desensitized to like the impact that it has when it does happen. Yeah. Um, and my high was Moxley and Kings University acclaimed. I okay. I love the. Uh, the NWA women's title match, I thought that was awesome. I loved the boxing Varsity Blondes, I thought that was also awesome, but I really enjoyed um, the Moxie and Kings and the Clay match, I think. As I say, it, it benefited both teams a lot, and I think, if, as I said, if the acclaimed aren't like tag champions, or at least have the tag title shot by the end of the year, I think that's criminal. Definitely. Um... I'm going to take for my low um, just a bit of the problematic language used on the show tonight. So that yeah. was both the, the sort of slightly homophobic reference made by Max Caster in his rap, which I otherwise really enjoyed, and the sort of weird use of the phrase schoolgirl bitches by Jake Hager, um, yeah. which just seemed a bit odd, like a really weird thing to, to shout. Uh, it, it's a bit of a problem. Um, obviously, I don't know if, if people are aware in the, in the, in the sort of greater um, community, there's been a, a massive um, reveal of um, rampant sexism, racism, and homophobia in the craft beer world recently. And that's sort of been weighing heavily on my mind the last sort of 
eight to ten days um and it's sort of making me think a bit more critically about language people use and like the effect it can have and one of the things that makes me a bit uncomfortable about wrestling sometimes is the amount of times the word bitch is used as an insult and i think that's it's a very odd phrase to use and it's it's very not i don't think it's massively problem and it's i don't know it's it just it's just something i think we can there's a lot of there are a lot of words in the english language and i think we can do a bit better than using a few of them if that makes sense yeah and there's no point um and yeah i, I don't know I don't know how the acclaims raps come about, who has input on them. <clears throat> but yeah. I think they can there are plenty of ways they can get pops without resorting to homophobia or and because normalizing homophobia is really dangerous and it, you know it sets a really bad precedent. And I know they're meant to be heels, but you know there's being a heel and there's you know you wouldn't dress up as Hitler because you're a heel, would you? So same thing. Don't do it. Don't need to. Um, anyway, but apart from that, yeah. show was great. Uh, they, that was literally the only thing I can ding it on. Like literally, the use of two sentences in the entire show. Um, and for my for my um, high, I'm going to pick Serena Deeb versus Red Velvet because I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah, it. Um, again, it blew me away. I wasn't expecting it. It just came out of nowhere and just took the roof off. It was it was phenomenal. Um, really, really good fun. Like I said, it was a it was another one. Dynamite's really good at the we, we talk about this quite a lot. Dynamite's really good at these sort of everything is just really solid sort of shows. Yeah, which is great because you know, like I saw a really good point again. Someone made on the internet. People making good points on the internet. Who'd have thought it? Um, just saying that like, you can't do you can't do like blood or guts every other week. To put, or have like Mike Tyson every other week because then you're then you just late stage WCW trying to pop the crowd every week and it just burns everyone out. You need to have these sort of like steady shows where like in a year or so maybe we, we won't remember the show and we won't look back and say oh the show was really good but we'll just say oh remember when you know, Dynamite was really good in like May it was like it had a really good build to double or nothing and like you wouldn't necessarily remember the the individual like things that happened but you just remember it as a whole that there was no it didn't like it didn't wreck your head or it didn't like fucking you know make you hate your life like some wrestling can um not naming yeah. any names i i agree i agree um just before we wrap it up so obviously we touched on it earlier on aw announced there uh, they'll be moving tv network um in january 2022 to tbs they also announced um that as of august the 13th they're gonna have a friday night friday the 13th so, Friday 13, that will air directly after SmackDown called yeah. Rampage. Uh, it'll be an hour show. Um, and Tony Khan wants it to be the equivalent of Dynamite, but on a Friday. So that's quite cool to think about. Um, and also, also the, oh, sorry, you were, you were about to go into this, yeah. Yeah, four, uh, four special shows on TNT, which Tony Khan's confirmed, uh, confirmed compared to be similar to like Saturday night's main events back in the day in WWE. So that's another very, yeah. very cool. So they're gonna be two hour shows, aren't they? Yeah. And they're basically gonna be like pay-per-view lights. So like big it's, Yeah, it's, like because they obviously what they were doing obviously, with obviously yeah um, like 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 sort of winter is coming or blood and guts or you know Fight for the Fall and Fight yeah. the Fest. Yeah. yeah. What they were doing with them. Like similar to it similar almost like in your house that WWE used to do back. Yeah. Way back so, in the night. I mean, they they already kind of do this, obviously, because they do like obviously with them only having the four pay per views per year, they do these specials, don't need to sort of keep them keep the momentum up and keep the build 
Yeah. Um, maybe going. maybe what um what it'll be. <sighs> maybe what it'll be instead then is that obviously when they when they were doing like Fight of the Fallen and Fighter Fest and all that, it was still like kind of strictly within the dynamite time slot. So it was like two hours commercial breaks. Maybe it'll be extended and there'll be no commercial breaks. Yeah, or like limited commercials or yeah. Or limited commercials, yeah. I mean if they're um, on if they're on Saturday nights, how good would that be? Saturday nights, um five past six US time, five past eleven our time. Is that what it's down for that? Oh, I was going to say, is that confirmed, or are you just guessing that? That's me speculating. That's what they yeah. used to do for Saturday nights, Mick Ben and Clash of the Champions. Um, I'd be, I'd be well up for that. That'd be, that'd be lovely. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. Obviously, when that happens, we will probably be doing a podcast for Rampage. Oh, yeah, we'll, we might do. We'll, 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 we can probably roll Rampage into the. I don't know. Uh, next week's going to be an interesting one. We probably won't do a. AEW podcast next week, or should we do a pre? Should we do a predictions? I don't. We'll do something. We'll figure something else. Um, it'll probably be based on logistics. It'll probably be um, me and you doing um the dynamite one on the Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, before uh, something happens. Before, before we all go <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Um. Well, might as well announce that now. Uh, we are going to be doing a double or nothing watch along. It'll be the first time all four of us are ever in a room together. Yeah. Um. Well, not the first time ever, but the first time for a watch along. Anyway. Um. We'll be doing. No, it'll be the first time all four of us have been in the room together because we've never we don't have met the other guys. No, because we'll be going up drinking the day before. Yeah, but you know it'll be that day. You know, this, be, this is the collective the first time. <laughs> That's what I mean. We'll yeah. be going out drinking the day before. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it'll be the first time we're all collectively together on a live stream in the same room that would be very very cool uh we still need to figure that out actually don't we which we'll talk about in a second um but yeah uh we we hope we look forward to that and we hope to see you guys there um yeah yeah it might be a might be a bit of a weird uh week next week in regards to a couple of our podcasts but we'll we'll figure something out yeah we'll make it we'll make it all work you'll you'll get you'll get yours somehow regardless um yeah so that's gonna do it for us um just very quickly, Jay, would you like to tell us where they, yeah, tell the lovely people where they catch us on social media? Yes, so um, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Discord, and Twitch. We're on all of them. Uh, either Untitled Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. We do all our watch-alongs on there, including Double or Nothing, one we've just touched on then. Um, and as for Twitch, you, uh, Twitch, Twitter, and Discord, uh, untitled rest pod if you join our discord server you can be, take part in our saturday night gaming streams we do on over on twitch as well as uh other stuff we talk about all kinds don't we? we talk about yeah. food drink music uh movies uh, as well as wrestling obviously uh but yeah it's cool communities not not just wrestling fans and there's people who are just interested in all kinds of stuff um and we'd like to see that grow more and more um and twitter we announce when you put podcast episodes are up and just generally it's usually me generally just bantering with people and retweeting Malcolm Bivens a lot yeah um, but yeah all fun sound right well that's going to do it for us I uh, hope you have a wonderful week uh, if we don't uh, well, yeah we'll see you sometime next week somehow for Dynamite however it works um, Dynamite on Friday yeah. next week so it's a bit of a weird one so do look forward to that uh, as always enjoy wrestling stay safe and we will see you all very soon bye bye